advisory to those who are not animal lovers, open to new ideas, or interested in integrative holistic healthcare for your pets, and believe that prescription diet is the best food for your pet. This podcast may offend your sensibilities. Have you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang, and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world right now. This is Amrys Wang of The Raw Entrepreneur. This is a special series called PodX, where the speakers share their passion. Initially, PodX was supposed to be an 18-minute challenge. However, Interactions with some guest speakers highlighted a few issues that I did not consider and so out came the second format which is simply just a regular talk with no time limit that speakers can choose to do. Today's talk is by Dr. Margot Roman who was game enough to try the 18-minute challenge. She has a wealth of knowledge and is used to giving longer lectures. No penalties for those who went beyond 18 minutes. The most important thing is that speakers enjoyed themselves, which also included laughing at themselves while sharing their passion. I want to thank her for making the time to share this with me, and now with you. Namaste. Okay. Hi, I'm Dr. Margot Roman, and I am a veterinarian in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. I have been practicing veterinary medicine for 42 years. I went to Tuskegee University and graduated uh, in 1978. Um, my, my desire to be a veterinarian has been uh, from childhood, and I really wanted to try to find other ways I could help save animals' lives. Even as a kid, when I was told by veterinarians that there was nothing else you could do for an animal, I always questioned and I always questioned and I'd question. And still as a veterinarian, I'm still always questioning and always questioning. So, you know, as, as someone who is seeking another way and don't want to just euthanize an animal, we need to find other alternative ways to try to support the immune system. And I was very fortunate uh, to have found ozone therapy. And it was in desperation that I found ozone therapy because of my horse. Uh, I had rescued a horse, his name was Champ, when he was uh, about 16 years old and he was going to be euthanized. And he was well-trained and they couldn't control his infections. And so I rescued him and learned to do ozone on him. And he ended up living to 28. And at 20, he got cancer and lived for eight years with cancer because of medical ozone and alternative medicine. 
So through his, my journey with this horse, which is a, is a long story, um, we learned about ozone. And I want to give you a little bit of backstory of what, what ozone is. All of you have gone outside in a rainstorm and a thunderstorm and walked after a rainstorm and felt that wonderful freshness, that crispness that's in the air that you feel when you actually you know, have uh, the ozone, which is created by a electrical spark. It, the, the lightning produces it and it falls down to earth because O3 is heavier than O2. And so it falls to the earth. And as it comes down, it cleans the air. It refreshes the air. And so we smell that wonderful smell that has been there from the beginning of time of this earth and has been doing its job taking care of the earth and cleansing it. And over the oceans, it's doing it. Over the, the rainforest, it's doing it. And so we, this has been a cycle that has happened. Now, in our present day, you know, we have so much pollution that is going into the air. So there's not just, there's sulfur and there's, there's all these petrochemicals and chemicals that we've put together. There's 90,000 chemicals in the environment that weren't there a hundred years ago. So many of them get suspended into the air. A lot of them get into our water and, and we have chemicals that are in our bodies and it's a very toxic, that's a whole nother story we can go into. But when, it, when all these chemicals are suspended in the air, they sit above a city like Los Angeles and, or, you know, or Salt Lake. And when the ozone comes down to clean it, it gets stuck in there. And so when we hear that the ozone is really high in a particular smog situation, the issue is that this, this ozone is trying to clean the air. It's trying to make an effort to cleanse that, that space uh, so that we can have more oxygen in our environment. But because we, they determine that it's the high ozone, lay, ozone numbers, it gets a really bad rap from, from you know, everybody thinking, oh my God, it's a toxic substance, we can't have it. It is a gas that is very irritating. If you breathe direct O3 into your lungs, it hurts and you do not want to do that. So in medical ozone, we are very careful to make sure if any of it gets breathed in, it is well buffered in a way with olive oil or some type of an oil, which the lipid layer produces ozonides. And then you can actually breathe ozone mixture of oxygen and O3, and it can do things for pneumonia, for viruses, for upper respiratory infections. Um, and we can also put it in, in our ears and do stethoscope uh, insufflation of our ears. We're gonna go into those a little bit more, but I wanna stay on track with what O3 is. So we have two oxygen molecules and we, when, they, when they come together and they break apart a free electron, it becomes an O3 molecule. And the O3 molecule is not very stable. And within milliseconds, it, it releases an oxygen uh, molecule and you get back to having a lot more O2 in the system. So as I look at it as a, as a, you know, as a clinician, if I can give the animal a large amount of oxygen in the body via another route than through the respiration, I am going to increase the oxygen in that body. So we do it in many ways. We give ozone uh, rectally as a gas. 
we can give it under the skin or in the vein as an IV saline. We can put it in the ears and blow it into the ears and it gets in through the tympanic membrane. You can drink ozone water and that's what I'm drinking right now is ozone water. Uh, and it, it really tastes pretty good. Um, and it's, we use distilled water, so it, it holds even more ozone in it. Um, and what ozone, really, when we talk about ozone, it's 97% oxygen and 3% O3. So when, that, when I drank that, the, when my body warms it up a little bit, that O3 is released into more O2. The mitochondria, which are the batteries of our cells that run our cells, they love oxygen. Just think about it. What can you not survive <laughs> without is oxygen. You can live without water for days, but you cannot live without oxygen for more than a few minutes. So you, we need oxygen to feed our, all of our cells, all our healthy cells. And the thing is that cancer doesn't like high oxygen. So those cancer cells that are growing, if they get exposed to high amounts of oxygen, they are not happy. That is not something that they want. They don't like having that. So it, my hope with doing ozone when I treat my cancer patients is I'm feeding the healthy cells that are trying to do their job and protect the body from having the invasion of the, uh, of the, of the cancer cells. But so they are needing to be nurtured instead of just being radiated and given chemotherapy. They need to be nurtured and make sure that they're healthy enough so that they can withstand these bombardment of the cancer cells. So by using ozone for cancer, we are giving oxygen to the healthy cells and the cancer cells really don't like it. So we're, we're causing them to increase their apoptosis and to start to damage themselves because they don't like to live in that environment. They like to live where there's more CO2 and more fermentation going on. So, it's really important for us to understand how this O3 therapy can help us in so many ways. Uh, but if we go back to the origin of what ozone is and we, why we used it in medicine, it was used in the, in the mid 1800s. And the first ozone generator was patented in 1880 by Nikola Tesla. And Nikola Tesla was one of the most brilliant scientists at the time of Thomas Edison. And the two of them were like fighting for the most brilliant man on earth at that point. And so we have a machine that was created by a, a brilliant mind and to have it thrown out and discounted because we have another solution like antibiotics uh, that were, were developed in the turn of the century of the, of the last century um, then we threw it out. And sadly, I feel that antibiotics are from the 20th century. We're in the 21st century now. And 21st century is using nanotechnology. It's using a lot of other really uh, things that have been going on in our environment that we haven't really understood in a lot of ways. And understanding this redox system and this, uh, the oxidative therapies that we're using um, is a real treasure for anyone that wants to have their body stay healthier. So there are many doctors that are trained in medical ozone around the world. There are organizations uh, in most of the European country, Madrid has the International Scientific Committee on Ozone Therapy. We've got um, in Italy, they've got their, the, the, the World Congress is held there with ozone therapy. 
there are the American Academy of Ozone Therapy uh, in, in, uh, in the United States and Ozone Without Borders, which is another international organization. And so we've got, and then Frontiers in Ozone. So anyone that starts Googling that in their country can possibly find a group of doctors and veterinarians that are already invested in trying to use this therapy for their pets and their family members. So I, I encourage people that, that are looking for something like this to help themselves to, to go to those organizations and to buy an ozone generator is not that costly. I mean, in certain parts of the country, yes, it would be more costly, um, you know, for the amount, but for what you can do with it, it is really an invaluable piece of equipment. Uh, so back to why I use ozone in my clinic is that we are getting sicker and sicker animals. Cancer is off the scale in veterinary medicine. Over 50% of dogs are getting cancer and over 40% of cats. And it was never, ever, ever, ever like that when I started practicing. Cancer was a rare disease. It was not a common thing. It's so common now that nobody even flinches. Oh, your dog has abdominal cancer. Your dog has thoracic cancer. Your dog has mammary cancer. Your dog has a bone cancer. And many of you probably have experienced that, especially those in the United States. And I don't know how high the level is in other parts of the country, other parts of the world rather, but it, it really is a, it, it's, it's tragic. It's very, very tragic. And, and I feel as a veterinarian, I'm failing because I'm not, it's harder and harder to save these animals. And I always look at, in Massachusetts, we have like six oncology practices around the Boston area. That's crazy that they're just oncology practices. You know, why aren't we having prevention practices to prevent cancer versus just places that treat them? And that's where, you know, integrative veterinary medicine has really tried to step up to be that, is to try to figure out how we can take this young dog that may come from a, uh, a, a mother who wasn't very healthy or a genetic line that wasn't very healthy and try to lift it up and give it the best immune system that we can uh, before we, you know, we have to deal with their cancer. I just had a call today that someone just lost their five-year-old golden to, to cancer. And it's terrible. I mean, you, it, golden retrievers, actually 64% of them get cancer, which is, it's just sad. It's just so sad. So I wanna focus more on how medical ozone can help in different diseases. So when we look at viruses, uh, I used ozone to treat coronavirus in a cat almost 16 years ago. And that cat came in and uh, as a kitten at about five weeks of age, the owner had just uh, had bought her or adopted her from a shelter up in Maine. It was a Maine coon cat with you know, the double paws and, and she was very excited about this new kitten. And we saw the kitten when she first got it and it didn't look real healthy, but it didn't look sick. And I thought, well, I'll just boost it a little bit with some vitamins and some nutritional stuff. And I gave it a little ozone. And about a week later, she calls me and said, the cat's really gotten bad. She said, I called the shelter where I got the cat or the cattery. And they said that they broke, the night I left, they all broke with a coronavirus. Half the animals were dead already. There were 30. The other half we're gonna euthanize. We don't think we can get them through it. They're so sick. And she said, she told her just to go ahead and euthanize the kitten. Don't get herself so emotionally wrapped up in this kitten because they're all dying. 
So my friend was not going to do that. So we figured a way of using ozone uh, by, we put the cat in a carrier. I brought my carrier outside because it was a coronavirus, or at least I was told it was a coronavirus and it's very contagious. And I didn't want to bring it into my, expose my clinic cat or any other animal in, the, in my client's cats. So we took the ozone generator outside. We put the cat in a carrier. We bubbled ozonated uh, uh, air, you know, oxygen through the olive oil and then put the toes into a, a garbage bag around the carrier to close it. And we had it in there probably about a minute and the cat was totally freaking out in there. We weren't sure if it was freaking out because it was in the dark and it didn't know what was going on. And so we opened it up and it was like Mount Vesuvius. Everything was pouring out of its nose, pouring out of its mouth, just, it was a mess. So we cleaned it all up and I gave it a little more sub-Q ozonated saline and some vitamins. And she's driving home about 40 minutes, about halfway home. The cat's freaking out in the carrier again, not, not because of the, I thought because of the darkness and everything, but she pulled over and she said she literally like, it was pulling like vermicelli out of the nose. It was all coming out. See, when I think of it, it was probably coming out of the bronchioles and she said it even came out the ears of the cat, which I thought was just amazing. So that cat in two days was almost normal. Everyone else died. So for me, treating coronavirus with ozone seems like a logical thing that we, we treat it. And actually just recently, I, and now when you play this, it's probably not gonna be recent at all, um, but they found the coronavirus in ear canals of people. So if this whole idea of things coming, the virus dying, and the, all this mucus coming out and allowing it to come out seems so logical to me now, um, but that's one of the, the coronavirus. I also treated a parvovirus, a, a whole kennel with parvo, and we, we had a puppy that presented that was nine months old that was told by an emergency clinic that there was nothing else they could do. And when the, the puppy presented, it was pretty much morbid. It was flat out, no, no response, pale as can be, no anal tone, uh, blood pouring out of its anus. I mean, and I looked, I had to watch it for a minute or two to see whether the dog was even breathing. And I said, you know, the, it had a catheter in still, so we didn't have to find a blood vessel to try to put anything in. So we did ultraviolet blood therapy with ozone or major autohemotherapy with ultraviolet blood therapy and did rectal ozone and did microbiome restorative therapy, which is a fecal transplant, which we'll talk about in another lecture gave it some vitamins, gave it some sub-Q ozone. I gave her sub-Q ozone and I gave her uh, microbiome um, and some homeopathics to give the whole kennel at, that was at home. Everyone survived except the dog that went to the ER, the second dog that she dropped off because it never got the therapy. But what was so amazing is that this puppy, she drove home and it took her an hour and a half. She took a shower, went to make dinner and this puppy was at her feet at the app while she was making dinner, wanting to be fed. This was a dead puppy. She took it upstairs, it was dead. But the ozone worked within like two hours and was, she was back again getting, and, and the microbiome stuff. So these are really intriguing stories to me about ozone. Using it for massive infections is also really important. We have too much antibiotic resistance in the world. Over 700,000 people a year die from ozone, from, from not from ozone, die 
from antibiotic resistance, okay? And ozone will prevent resistance because there's no bacteria that's resistant to antibiotics because it's from the start of the earth and it comes down and it does its job. But we have developed too many resistant strains um, that have happened because of the overuse of antibiotics. And the culprit happens to be farmers, veterinarians, and physicians that are not judiciously using antibiotics. In the veterinary profession, when we have an animal, we have a tool that we use for infection and it's, it's not ozone, it's antibiotic. For me, it's ozone. It should be your first reaction is using ozone, just like I did, um, but it's not. It's typically they use antibiotics and they haven't cultured it out. They don't know for sure that any dental procedure needs clintomycin, but that is the standard reaction of the dental veterinarians or anyone doing dentistry. You always put them on antibiotics. I haven't put animals on antibiotics for almost 27 years. And I, and I wasn't using ozone before that. I was using homeopathy. But to use ozone instead of an antibiotic, you're, just, you're gonna kill the, the bacteria and the biofilm in the mouth. You can flush out the pockets of where your teeth have been extracted and the gums start healing in real time. You can see that red gum turn to normal pink in front of your eyes. It is that valuable of, an, of, a, of a system to help bring oxygen to the tissue. So it's very, very important for us to, to be inclusive, to look globally to other ways that we can help our animals stay healthy. And it, ozone is one of them that I have found for over 17 years has saved so many animals, whether it be fungal infections like nocardia or MRSA, you know, or just, you know, terrible, terrible uh, road injuries that were so infected that there was only going to be amputation. We've been able to save these animals' limbs using ozone. So I really want to encourage everybody to think about how they can incorporate this into their animal's health. And if they're veterinarians that are out there, to really investigate how this can be helping your patients. And for physicians or human people that want to treat people um, you know, that are in the medical field, explore this because this is not just for our dogs and our cats and our horses and our farm animals. This is for everyone to be able to use this, this type of care. And, and being that it's, it is not approved by the FDA at this point, it is hard to talk about it because in order to have a procedure done, it has to be FDA approved. But in the United States, we now have this compassion care and this right to try. And if you have somebody who's ill, they should have every right to try something like medical ozone. It should be something that everyone should have one in their home. They should do it whenever they, they, they feel they have a cold coming on or they have an, a slight infection or they've got a headache. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can use medical ozone. My mother, who's 91 years old and, and, and she, has had her ozone generator for seven years, and she calls it the fountain of youth. She says it's like so wonderful. She makes ozonated water and she puts it in her water pick and goes in her gums. And last year at this time, she slid off the bed and broke her shoulder. And I said, mom, you know what to do. Get your ozone, I'll get you some homeopathics, eat a lot of cottage cheese. She, she, the doctor told her, for, you know, she's gonna, because she's 90 years old at that time, 
that she should, you know, she's going to take her, you know, six months before she can really move around with their arm. So in six weeks, she had another x-ray taken and the, the doctor came out and, um, uh, you know, said, you know, you, you healed in like half the time, like a teenager. And she told him that she had done medical ozone, drinking it and putting it in her water pit. And she told him about the homeopathics and the uh, cottage cheese. And he looked her straight in the face and he said, it's your genes. And he just marched out of the room. And to me, that was not fair. Here was an opportunity for some, a doctor to learn about someone who did something to help themselves get faster in their healing process or become, you know, healed. And he wasn't even willing to even talk to her about it. That's a really sad thing, I think. And so when COVID started to hit and in December in China, I was very concerned. And I told my mom, I was expecting this to become a pandemic to start doing her ozone every single day. So she would make up ozone water like every other day because it'll last like 24 hours and she'll keep it, you know, another day. And um, she was putting in her water pick and she started in January. And at the end of February, she had her last cleaning and the hygienist came out of her mouth and said, in my entire career, I have never seen anybody with the healthiest gums at 91 years old. What do you do for your gums? She says, I put water, ozone water in my water pick. And I use that to help reduce the biofilm and all the bacteria load that is around the gum line that needs to be cared for. And people are using alcohol-based stuff. That's not good. That's not going to give you oxygen into your gums. So they're rinsing with these alcohols to try to kill stuff. And they're damaging more of the tissue than if they did it with some type of an ozonation uh, of the water. And uh, there are a lot of biological dentists now that are using it in the water lines because the water lines on a dental unit are filled with biofilm from 10 patients before, 15 patients before, two years before. They put solutions in there. And if they're not using ozone continuously, the biofilm is building back up again. So we all live with the biofilm of other people in our, that are maybe, if it's good biofilm, that's good. But if it's not, it's not good. So we need to be able to care for ourselves in a way that is helping each of us as an individual staying healthy. So I'd like to conclude that um, I, I think this is a great idea to have these uh, TED Talks kinds of thing, pet talks, um, PEDEX, whatever you're calling them. But um, it's really an honor to be here. And thank you, Omri, for, thank you for bringing me to, into this situation. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you. And remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.